नमस्कार द टॉपिक टुडे इज लाइफ एंड डेथ ऑफ अ हिंदू टेम्पल आई स्टार्टेड स्टडिंग टेम्पल सीरियसली अराउंड टेन ईयर्स अगो एंड दैट वॉज द टाइम वेन समथिंग सीरियसली चेंज इन द एटीट्यूड दैट इंडियंस स्टार्टेड हैविंग हिंदूज पर्टिकुलरली स्टार्टेड हैविंग अबाउट देअर ओन हेरिटेज अबाउट देअर ओन कल्चर अबाउट देअर ओन मॉन्यूमेंट्स एंड टेम्पल्स ट्वेंटी ईयर्स अगो बिफोर द टर्न ऑफ द मिलेनियम Uh, a lot of uh, fashionable uh, trips which people did abroad they were done for uh, culture and for monuments people would uh, for example go to a european cathedral stand in front of them get a picture clicked and talk about culture later on in when they come back when they came back to india but 20 years ago some of that changed why two things happened at first social media came and so people started talking to each other and second uh, cameras and the camera technology started becoming cheaper and cheaper at first the cameras became cheap and then the mobile phones were invented so taking a picture which just 20 years ago was a very costly affair it was only the matter of a professional it now became a very easy thing which anyone could do and in fact those who never bought cameras or even computers everyone had now mobiles and they started going off at the same time because transportation also became cheap accommodation also became cheap it all came online uh, the travel booking the hotels and so youngsters very young people with uh, often with a cheap camera or just a mobile started going off to far off places in india to rural pl- places to villages where uh, not many people from outside that city or that place would often come to and they started visiting these great temples who which were often in ruins and i started taking pictures often wonderful pictures and i started loading them on internet on social media and for the first time after a very very long time hindus started becoming again becoming aware of their great history their great ancestry the great ancestors who created great and wonderful temples at first the Uh, sense was just of awe uh, the beauty that was in front of them they did not understand what a temple was they did not of course understand its uh, uh, iconography symbolically uh, what it meant they did not understand at that time at first the sense was only and only of awe of uh, uh, a pleasant shock at what uh, a beautiful thing their uh, ancestors had created but with that something changed really changed in the youth of india and also in those who were studying who uh, like me who were not of that age exactly but who were studying the indian knowledge traditions uh, it was very easy suddenly very easy for us to study these temples and in field before that it was only possible to look at these pictures look at the beautiful vigraha of saraswati or a durga uh, in a book and these books were very costly uh, still the books on sculpture and architecture they are very costly it's not an easy thing to read them and libraries were not very good in small cities but suddenly with the help of social media it became possible for even researchers like us or even serious uh, um, uh, people who were interested students of uh, sculpture iconography and uh, architecture to study these wonderful uh, pieces of architecture wonderful pieces of sculpture Uh, first hand it was possible to go to these places and the pictures were all around and with that something changed in the very soul of india 
uh, we started becoming very very aware of our great heritage for the first time in a very long time so today uh, in the first part i will take you to a very brief tour of uh, what uh, the hindu temple is how great it is uh, what are its primary traditions so first of all we will take a look at the wonder that is the hindu temple so i will start with uh, with the highest you can say the largest hindu temple uh, functioning temple which is uh, uh, the shikhar of which is the highest in india it is a bhradeshwar temple the great bhradeshwar temple in tanzavur it uh, it is still uh, an awe inspiring monument it was built more than 1000 years ago it was built in 1001 ce by rajra chol and uh, even at that time it was one of the greatest of wonders that was uh, ever created uh, its height is still in plus of uh, 200 feet uh, it is completely built in stone it has many many tiers uh, it is built in a pure dravid uh, viman style it has many tiers and uh, it is still intact it was attacked yes but uh, it uh, got scot free almost scot free it wasn't destroyed so this is still one of the greatest wonders one of the greatest hindu temples that are there the son of rajraj chol built another great temple in his uh, new capital called gangai kond cholpuram uh, the name seems very hard at first when you listen about it gangai kond cholpuram but it is actually very easy uh, the king was the king went to the north Uh, did some conquest uh, uh, in the north in central india and in north india and he actually reached the ganga and the uh, all uh, uh, the respect of the river was so much in his mind even uh, in deep south even in the chol kingdom that he actually brought uh, water from the uh, sacred ganga river on many elephants and then he brought it to his own capital he uh, had a uh, pit dug and he uh, he filled it with the ganga water that kund that pond is still in that temple it is still working there is still water in it and it it is considered that it is the water of the sacred ganga so that's why gangai kond cholpuram the puram the city where uh, the ganga kund still exists the glory of the ganga was so much and the mechanisms of creating the and recreating the sacred geography of india were so prevalent were so strong at that time that uh, uh, its glory is still is still relevant there and uh, the uh, this rajraj chol too he created this uh, uh, great temple uh, it is also called the bhradeshwar temple the grand temple it is more beautiful in regarding its sculpture and its elevation is more gentle it is smaller than the bigger temple in tanzavur but is it is still a beauty in many regards uh, we are not going deeply into sculpture in this uh, talk but uh, sculpturally it is very very rich you can see the chandesh anukra murti in this uh, shot it is one of the most beautiful vigrahas of uh, this particular variety within the chol uh, sculptural tradition and also in the uh, south indian sculptural tradition then uh, here you can see the panchrathas of mahabalipuram these are some of the first hindu temples that uh, complete hindu temples uh, that we find not the first but one of the first and these are actually all rock cut uh, which is a more primary mode of temple building than structural temple but these when you look at them they are uh, around 1400 to 1500 years old and but when you look at them 
scholars of uh, Hindu temples, Hindu architectural tradition, they actually say that uh, Hindu temple is only 1400 or 1500 years old. They do not pay attention uh, to the fact that most of these temples, they are completely, completely formed. Uh, the Yudhishthira Viman, it is so complete that almost no addition has been made uh, to the Dravid Viman tradition after that. So, uh, a tradition is not just invented overnight. A tradition just not just appears overnight. There has to be an evolutionary path that it takes, which goes behind it. And that is why uh, we can say that the Hindu temple tradition in uh, perhaps some other medium was going on for a very long time before the temples of uh, the uh, Mahabalipuram were actually created. Uh, here you can see the Shore temple, the first great uh, uh, structural temple in the south, which is a very great temple. It was uh, deteriorating very fast, uh, so the ASI uh, tried to save it with this type that you can see in these pictures. But it, uh, it is also one of the first uh, uh, great structural temples in the south that and which is in a complete idiom, uh, which is still is prevalent. Here you can see Arjun's penance, a rock cut panel. It is one of the greatest uh, rock panels in India, anywhere, found anywhere. It is a very, very complete uh, story. The story here is how the Ganga uh, came to earth. Uh, the entire story is told in beautiful, beautiful detail. Here, one of the most uh, famous uh, panels of uh, Mahishasur Mardini, Durga. Uh, the sculpture, it is not very ornamented like the later uh, traditions became. But you can see great dynamism here. Durga is charging on the demon Mahishasur and there is great energy, great focus, great direction. You can actually see the vector, the movement in the uh, this sculpture. It is uh, really one of the most uh, beautiful and also one of the oldest Durga panels in India. And here you see uh, Kanchi Kailashnatha temple, one of the most beautiful temples ever created, ever created in the Hindu tradition. This is such a complete temple that almost nothing has been added to uh, structurally or uh, methodically to uh, the Hindu temple after this, especially a Dravid Viman, especially a Dravid temple, almost nothing has been added to this. It is profusely sculpted, all uh, one of the most beautiful sculptures of uh, Bhikshatan Murti, Bhikshatan Shiv, Dakshan Murti, Durga, Durga relaxing, Durga killing the demon. Most of these uh, Vigrahas can be found, almost all of the primary deities can be found here in this temple. And the quality of sculpture is exquisite. You can see uh, here uh, various uh, uh, shots of uh, the temple. And now we move on to uh, Sri Ranganath Swami. There are actually many temples to discuss. I am not doing justice to even 2% uh, of them. But because uh, time is short and we have to uh, get a very brief glimpse of what the Hindu temple is. Here is Sri Ranganath Swami. Sri Ranganath Swami temple, Tiruchirappalli, is actually the largest functioning Hindu temple. Uh, not the highest, but the largest function Hindu temple in India. Angkor Wat would be the largest in the world, but since it is uh, not functioning as a Hindu temple anymore, so uh, this temple uh, takes the title. Uh, before I went there, I actually heard about this temple, that the temple does not lie in the city. The city lies within the temple. And it is a very, uh, I was confused and I was, I thought that this is an exaggeration that this cannot happen. Uh, the entire city, entire town cannot actually lie within a temple. But when you can see here uh, at the farthest, uh, the largest Gopuram of this temple, Gopuram is a temple gate, simply a temple gate. And when I entered inside this uh, gate, uh, inside this Gopuram, uh, there was actually a four lane road 
there were buses flying there were vehicles uh, which were moving inside the temple i was inside the temple technically inside the temple and there were vehicles moving around there were banks inside it there were all kinds of shops inside it there were all kinds of institutions inside it only when i entered the third gate the vehicles stopped uh, entering those gates and uh, there were only pedestrians there devotees there there were actually seven gates in some other shots you can actually see the seven gates of this temple uh, in one row the garbhagra of uh, the pure dravid temples is actually a very simple affair uh, the viman of the garbhagra is not very high in later uh, tamil dravid tradition of uh, temple building the gates the gopurams became higher and higher the main viman actually became smaller and they expanded the temple in the gopuram and prakar style so they would uh, they would create concentric squares around the main temple around the garbhagrah the uh, sanctum sanctorum and they would keep expanding it with uh, of course four gates on four sides and the outermost gates outermost gopurams would be the highest so as the temple grew as the glory of the temple grew as more and more people became connected to the temple the temple actually kept expanding and kept incorporating those temples and their families inside uh, inside the temple so the temple actually became so big that it has occupied now uh, most of the part of the island that the Kav sacred kaveri river creates in sri rangam and it is a beautiful thing it is a wonderful thing you can actually see the all the institutions all the individuals all the families which actually do service in the temple uh, who do service and are also dependent upon the temple they are actually living inside the temple they are doing their business inside the temple they uh, in their entire life is inside the temple that's why it is said about it that the city is within the temple the temple is not within the city and it's a wonder, wonderful thing that how a, an institution which was sacred most sacred in origin which we'll see later on it actually became so big and so central to the entire society that it did not just become important to the individual it became supremely important to the entire society as such so it wasn't temple was of course primarily it was a spiritual institution but it did not just stop at being a spiritual institution it became a social institution and here architecturally you can see in this shot you can see within the architecture that how the temple incorporated the entire city within its premises so it's a uh, wonderful tradition which is still alive and which we should pay attention to if we do not want these traditions to get lost uh, we'll expand upon uh, the meaning and symbolism of the temple later. Here you can see Arunachaleshwar temple and it is in Tiruchirappalli, uh, uh, Tiruvannamalai. Uh, this is also a wonderful temple. It is called Agnishetram. The real temple is considered to be the, the real temple is considered to be the hill, which is considered sacred, which is con uh, considered as the shivaling, uh, the Agnishetram. And the temple is created near the temple is built near the sacred hill there is a girivalam there is a parikrama uh, pradakshina which goes around that uh, uh, sacred hill and the entire uh, temple and the entire hill it comes within the ambit uh, when the devotees uh, they go around uh, the sacred hill they also come at many places at many sacred uh, small tirthas small temples that are all around this uh, parikrama pradakshina path uh, it is uh, the tradition of Pradakshina is a beautiful tradition which actually means to encompass the entire universe 
first of all to reflect the universe within a sacred kshetram within a small temple uh, a small not in the real sense but a small in the sense uh, compared to the entire universe or entire world so first of all the universe is mirrored inside the temple and then uh, a pradakshana of the temple is done so in a sense you are going around the entire universe by going around that temple all of the important symbolic things uh, that are important in a human life uh, uh, regarding its uh, uh, sacred structure they are uh, they are contained within these tirthas which are all around the sacred pradakshinapath this is the great meenakshi amban temple there are various uh, some very very beautiful traditions beautiful stories uh, uh, connected to this great temple it has one of the highest gopurams uh, when you uh, go here at the time of uh, the palki that is uh, taken around when the utsav murtis of uh, uh, the primary deity is taken around the entire temple it's a wonderful time to be there to <coughs> witness what uh, goes on there uh, these are when you see this these uh, rituals taking place you realize that they are not just uh, vigrahas they are not just uh, murtis they are saksha devtas who are doing around of the temple now we move on to uh, so far we have discussed the dravid vimans now we'll discuss the uh, north indian temples which are called as nagar tradition mainly the nagar tradition there are three important traditions architecturally speaking in uh, the hindu temple nagar vesar and dravid so first of all we discuss dravid now we'll go on to nagar here you can see one of the greatest creations of uh, uh, the Nagar temple tradition, the Kandariya Mahadev temple at Khajuraho. Khajuraho is most famous as a great temple site. And uh, Kandariya Mahadev is the crowning achievement of Khajuraho. The highest and the most beautiful, most intricately sculpted and uh, imagined, architecturally imagined, most wonderfully architecturally imagined temple of all the Khajuraho temples. This is uh, the Kandariya Mahadev temple. We'll discuss the symbolism later, but here you can see the uh, there are various ways in which a temple is imagined. Here the style is Shekhri. Shekhri means a central Shikhar is there, which is uh, the Shikhar over the roof over the Garbhgra. But a lot of various uh, Shikhars, various uh, smaller Shikhars, half Shikhars, they are called as Urushrings. They uh, crowd together to uh, approach the central tower. Here you can see another great temple at Duladev. You can see um, it has a Saptarath plan. Saptarath means there are actually seven divisions of when you see it from uh, from the back. There are actually seven divisions, seven rathas in which uh, seven vigrahas of the deities are uh, uh, there. This is the Adina temple. It is a temple of the Latin variety. Uh, here, uh, the earlier two temples that we show, uh, that we saw were uh, of Shekri uh, idiom of uh, the Naga tradition. This is the Latin idiom of the Naga tradition. Latin is arguably the older one because it is the simpler tradition. Uh, you can see here the Latin tradition is uh, um, signified by a gavakshlata in the center. Gavakshlata is what? What is a gavaksh? Gavaksh is a false window. Gavakshalata is a meshed pattern of various of these false uh, windows. So, a lata, a, a creeper-like uh, projection is made, which uh, proceeds from the janga of the temple and goes uh, to the very top until the amlak. It touches the amlak like a tongue does. So, that's why it is called a lata and on that word it is called the Latin temple. There are various latas, various projections and on each of these projections there is a, 
uh, in the center of that projection on the Janga, there is a uh, Devkosht uh, niche where a Devta Vigra uh, is there. In this uh, shot, you can actually see uh, how profusely sculpted a usual uh, Khajraho temple is, a usual Nagar temple is. Uh, Khajraho is very famous for its erotic sculpture and there is absolutely no um, shame attached to it. They are, uh, they are of course there. But uh, you would be surprised to know that the only 8% of the uh, um, sculpture there is actually erotic in orientation. 92% is um, um, other varieties of devtas and all sorts of things happening. Here you can see a very small site. It is one of the oldest sites near my hometown uh, uh, in Morena. Morena is a great place because it, it is still has many jungles, it is still has many ravines. So a lot of temples are actually preserved there. The foreign invaders could not reach a lot of these places. And even when they came here, they could not stay for a very long time. They are still infested with ducats and uh, dangerous rivers and dangerous creatures, uh, animals. So a lot of temples actually survived here. Here, uh, what you see is Bateshwar, the Bateshwar group of, group of temples. Is still 44 temples stand on the site. It is surmised by the archaeologists that there were originally 210 temples, of which now only 44 survive. But even these 44 you can see at one place, at one time. And they are uh, they were created by Gurjar Pateharas. They are 1400 years old. You can see they are almost, they are small, not very big, but almost fully formed. Here you can see the great temple of Sun Temple of Modera. Sun temples used to be very famous and very prominent uh, at that time in India. Uh, there is the great temple of uh, great sun temple of Marthand in the north, then great sun temple of Madhera in the west, and the great sun temple of Konark in the east. And here uh, uh, I am showing this shot to you because here you can actually see the temple tank. A temple tank is called uh, by various names in Gujarat. Is, it is called simply a baudi or a vow. It is also called as a kalyani or, or uh, simply a temple tank. And here you can see the temple tank is actually very big. And uh, this baudi or this vow is actually imagined as a temple turned upside down. So just like a temple is built uh, on the surface and it rises above, a temple tank is just a, a reflection of that same, tem same temple underground. And it is, uh, it is full of fresh water. Now, of course, uh, no longer that is no longer true because the temple is no longer functioning. The garbhagra is gone. But the water that would be stored here would be used for the service uh, uh, of the temple, of the um, temple deity. Here you can see, although much damaged, a great vigraha of Lord Surya. Rani Kiva, another great site in Gujarat. Um, it is actually a baudi which the entire baudi was converted into a temple. Almost every inch of this body is uh, covered with a sculpture, just like a Hoysar temple in the uh, south is. But uh, uh, this, this architecture is uh, beautiful in the sense that it is not over ornamented, but still everything, uh, every inch of the, the body is covered with some kind of a sculpture. Here you can see Durga, a very beautiful Vigra of Durga, Mahishas or Mardani with 10 hands. You can also see a, a Vaman avatar. There are uh, uh, many uh, expositions of the Chaturvinshati Vishnu here. Almost all of the primary deities can be seen with their Shaktis on different uh, levels of the Bavaris. And on each uh, level, when you get down at the center, at the very back uh, of uh, the Bavari, you can see, and um, uh, the shot is not given here, but uh, you can see a beautiful Vigra of Anantashai Vishnu.
here you can see Osiya. Osiya is in uh, Rajasthan. This is the uh, Mahamaru uh, tradition of uh, North Indian style of temple, build, uh, temple building. Mahamaru because it comes from Marusthal or Rajasthan uh, from Rajasthan. And uh, these are also wonderful temples. Here at Ambika Temple Jagat, you can see one of the greatest and the most complete examples of a North Indian variety, North Indian idiom. It uh, surprisingly has uh, survived many attacks and it, it is still largely intact to um, give you an idea of what beautiful, uh, how beautifully the temple tradition enrolled in this part of India. Here you see uh, the at Nagda, once again in Rajasthan, the Sasbahu temple. There are various Sasbahu temples in North India. Uh, they are not actually about Sasarbahu. There are uh, some people say that they are Sahasrabahu. Actually, they are generally one temple is dedicated to Vishnu, another temple to uh, Shiv. And uh, maybe because uh, from the word Sahasrabahu, people have started calling because they were also they are also almost always twin temples. So they are uh, now called as Sasbahu temples. Here you see another great Nagar tradition which is uh, which incorporates the indigenous uh, idiom of temple building of architecture. Uh, this is in Himachal uh, near Manali. This is the most famous temple of uh, this uh, uh, Pahadi style. Uh, this is the Hedimba temple but there are very various temples of this style in Himachal Pradesh, in Uttarakhand and also in Nepal. But it was not so that the Nagar tradition uh, was non-existent in the hills. I, actually, there are hundreds of temples in Himachal Pradesh and Uttarakhand which have still survived because these are hilly areas. There were attacks, uh, foreign attacks of Islamic invaders, but they couldn't stay there for a very long time to destroy them all. And so a lot of these temples like this uh, beautiful temple of uh, Bajna temple uh, which is st still exists in Himachal Pradesh. And here the almost the complete idiom of uh, a Latin Nagri uh, idiom is transported here in the hills. Here you can see the uh, almost uh, dilapidated ruins of uh, Martand temples and temple in Kashmir. Uh, of course we know that in Kashmir the destruction was uh, severe only in the later in, uh, just before independence for a few hundred years they were in Hindu Sikh hands and so some of these ruins survived but otherwise the destruction here was very great. This is a very peculiar style, uh, the Bengal terracotta temples. These are very late, these are post-Mughal, post-Islamic temples. So you can see the influence of actually uh, Islamic style, influence of Islamic style of architecture in these temples. But even then they managed to turn these beautiful temples, they managed to bring in beautiful Hindu tradition into it. And uh, some of the most exquisite stories uh, are uh, depicted on the terracotta panels because so most of the sculpting here is done on terracotta. These are mostly brick temples. Almost no stone is used because in Bengal stone is uh, not very common, at least uh, as much so that you can build a great temple from it. So in this temple you can see that there are, uh, the bricks are used profusely, other materials are also used and the sculpting is all done in terracotta. Beautiful stories of Ramayana and Mahabharata are actually shown in these temples. Uttar Pradesh, the heartland of uh, Hindu civilization, uh, from Punjab if you start and you proceed to Haryana and then Uttar Pradesh, Bihar and Bengal, very few ancient temples are found because here the invaders, uh, they invaded hundreds of times and they actually ruled directly for a very long period of time uh, in the past 800 years and th the, that is why the destruction here is very very complete. So here at Bhitargaon, this is near Kanpur, this temple in a very dilapidated condition survived because it was completely uh, covered by the silt of the Ganga. 
and so in modern times in uh, during the Br british times they actually rediscovered this temple uh, and it is also a completely brick temple most of the temple traditions in the ganga dwap region they used brick the local material for creating these great temples this is a great temple of uh, chatisgarh it is called the khajra of chatisgarh bhoram dev temple the style here is bhumij uh, the third great uh, style of the nagar tradition so bhumij is a mixture of uh, shekri and uh, latin there is a lata in the center but uh, between two, two latas there are actually many tiers of uh, small uh, shikhars so that is uh, that is why it is called as bhumij uh, style now we come to this beautiful temple kalashnath ellora it is actually according to sun the greatest hindu temple ever built it is because it is entirely rock cut you can see here it is a huge huge temple it is two storied and actually very high and it is entirely rock cut rock cut basically is an considered an inferior style than structural tradition because in a, in a structural temple you have actually to bring many parts together and you have to see the alignment of uh, various parts so that the weight does not fall disproportionately on one side or the other side so technically considering um, a structural temple is a um, more difficult temple to build and rock cut uh, temple traditions anywhere in the world they came prior to they came before the structural tradition but this temple is so huge it is rock cut but it is so huge that it defies all sense that how someone would actually sculpt such a huge huge Uh, temple from a single rock the it is a huge it is a very big hill and the temple was sculpted from above uh, the kalash was sculpted uh, at first and then the entire temple was excavated you can still go inside the temple there are two stories you can go inside both the stories it is a completely it feels like a completely structural temple it is not it is a rock cut temple uh, the sculpture here is exquisite on all sides of the temple there are actually various koshtas various uh, uh, vigrahas of various deities there are actually free standing pillars who which have been cut down uh, cut from a single rock so it is actually one of the greatest wonders ever uh, created with a stone ever created in the architectural tradition and there is a story behind this temple uh, i earlier showed you the uh, kailashnatha temple in kanchipuram Uh, they were uh, that temple was created by the pallavas uh, at one time a chalukyan king attacked uh, the pallav capital and fighting happens like it happens but uh, a hindu king attacking another hindu king he actually came to worship that temple he became so impressed with it that when he went back to his capital which was pattadakal in karnataka in north central karnataka he created a replica of that temple he became so impressed with it that he created a replica of the temple his dynasty created a replica of the temple which temple is called as the virupaksh temple patadakal it is built on the model of the uh, kanchi kailashnatha temple now several years later another king a rashkut king uh, came from what is now maharashtra and attacked patadakal and he became impressed by this temple virupaksh temple so much that when he went back he actually created his dynasty created uh, the kailashna temple of allora so a temple which was built in deep south in deep south of tamil nadu it inspired a, a temple a great temple like kailashna allora high up almost uh, uh, in central india 
which is in Ellora now in the Aurangabad district. And it is, uh, um, as far as I know, up to my knowledge, the northernmost great, uh, northernmost temple in built in the Dravid tradition. Uh, you cannot find any great Dravid temple, ancient Dravid temple, north of this line. Here you can see the Sun Temple of Konark. Um, this would actually have been the highest Hindu temple anywhere built. What we now see is only the mandap of the temple, uh, which is called as Jagmohan in Odishan uh, style of architecture. The Shikhar actually fell uh, many years ago, hundreds of years ago. Uh, there is uh, The Shikhar is now no more. You can actually see the rubble of the Shikhar. So there is no temple as such anymore. Only the mandapam, only the Jagmohan uh, survives. But whatever survives is so exquisite. So wonderful that it defies imagination that how someone could imagine on that scale, on such a large scale and actually could ex execute it. And apart from executing on a scale, Hindus just did not go into scale. There are pyramids, they are very ancient, much older than most of these Hindu temples. They are huge. And so the scale is there, the grandness is there, the uh, grandiose is there. But uh, there is no beauty when you uh, come near uh, it, there is no sculptural beauty in it. But when you see these temples, not only is the scale great, but if you see them minutely, even sculpture as small as the tip of your finger is exquisitely uh, minutely carved. So the beauty is there at the smallest of uh, scales to the largest of scale. Karnark would have been one of the most, it still is one of the most wonderful creations of humankind. But it would have been even greater had the Shikhar not fallen. Uh, this temple, like most other temples, came under attack from the Islamic invaders and also from the Christian invaders, like the Portuguese, many times. So, uh, the destruction is great. This is the great, uh, another great uh, temple of the Odishan style of architecture, the Lingaraj temple. Uh, it is also, its Shikhar is also very, very high. The sculpture he has. Is exquisite. There are hundreds of smaller temples within the precincts of the temple. Uh, in Bhuvaneshwar is a great uh, temple city. Uh, there are still, they say that around 650 ancient temples extent. Even after all the destruction of the Islamic invaders and then the modernization, the British, the apathy of the British Raj and then the secular apathy of the modern Indian state. Uh, still around 650 great temples exist uh, and of them uh, I think 80 to 100 temples uh, are still small temples, but beautiful, exquisite temples ex exist within the boundaries, within the premises of this great temple. Then the Jagannath Puri, one of the Chardhams, one of the most beautiful and the highest temples. And it is also a wonder that uh, everyone has to go to at least once in his life. The rock cut tradition of India was also uh, not limited to a few wonders like uh, Allura or like Mahabalipuram. Here you can see Elephanta, the Gharapuri caves on the island which is near Mumbai. And here some of the earliest, they were created by the Western Kalachuri branch of dynasty. And some of the most exquisite sculptures that you can see anywhere in the Hindu tradition. And they are built on a scale which defy imagination. Here you can see the most famous sculpture that has ever come out of Elephanta. Uh, and it is one of the most common representations of Hindu sculptural tradition. This is Sadashiv. And uh, I don't think there is any other, uh, any other Vigraha which is more symbolic of us than this. We have seen the Dravid tradition. We have seen all the idioms of the Nagar tradition. Now here we see the third great tradition 
of uh, Hindu temple architecture, which is Vesar. In this, uh, you can see there are two shikhars. This is the Veer Narayan Temple at Bevelawadi, Chikmangalur Karnataka, uh, district in Karnataka state. Here you can see two shikhars. Actually, there is another shikhar which is far uh, behind, so it is not visible in this shot. But uh, um, not all of these shikhars, one of these shikhars is actually Vesar. Vesar is a mixture of uh, uh, Nagar and Dravid style. And it uh, the most central feature of this is, uh, this is a hoisered uh, temple. The most central feature of a Vesar uh, style temple is that it creates a perfect star, star stellated uh, form, which is beautiful to look at, which gives the most uh, amount of surface to uh, actually put a sculpture on to uh, put the vigrahas of deities and various, various other uh, smaller deities uh, on the temple walls, all the, on the janga and also on the shikhar, on the walls of the shikhar. This is the Chanakeshav temple at Sumnathpur, another great temple. The, all three shikhars of uh, this temple are uh, still intact. It is built in pure Vesar tradition. You can see the perfect star formation here. You can see the star formation from the Janga and uh, actually from the Adhisthan. The um, same structure is followed in the Adhisthan too. You can see the star in the Adhisthan. This is uh, the predecessor of the Hoysar tradition of the Vesar tradition. Uh, this is uh, Kedarishwar temple at Baligaon in Shimoga district. Baligaon was actually a great Agrahara until uh, the medieval times. And now the Agrahara is no more. Now it is no longer a learning uh, tradition, uh, learning uh, place, but it used to be one of the most important uh, places uh, of learning in, uh, in this part of India. Uh, which, to which will come later on is that the Hindu temple was also a great center of learning. It was not just a center of our art and architecture and sculpture, it was also a great center of, of learning. Uh, to come to the last most important uh, uh, temple design or temple tradition, uh, these are, this is a very famous temple, Anantpur Kasargod in northernmost district of Kerala. Uh, the temples of Kerala are also built almost on the similar style of the Tamil Nadu temples, but the roofs of these uh, temples, are, they are most of them are built in wood, and the roofs are because of the rains, because of the climate there, they are built in this sloping style. So it creates a very different uh, um, atmosphere. This temple is built inside a lake, uh, in the midst of a lake, but uh, there are uh, other temples which are also built completely on ground, but they are also uh, built in this style, which is beautiful. At night, many of these temples have walls, lattice walls, on uh, in which at each juncture there is a place for a diya, for a lamp. At night, every one of these lamps are lighted. So, sometimes at the same time, at one time, thousands of uh, lamps are burning and there is no artificial light, just the light of these diyas and you are doing a production of the temple. It's a wonderful feeling to be in this kind of temple. With this, uh, uh, I will end uh, this part of uh, this talk, the wonder that is the Hindu temple. Thank you.